Okay, everyone, good to have you with us this morning. Good morning to you all. It's a beautiful day. Quite a contrast from uh, last Monday, right? If everyone could find a seat, and we're going to get started at least uh, almost here with breakfast time, and I know you're probably ready for that. My name is Dan Peterson. I'm pastor of St. Lucas Community Church, and we're glad to have you with us at our ninth annual St. Croix Valley Prayer Breakfast. And uh, hopefully most, if not all of you, have one of these cards that you either got early on, uh, especially when you walked in. And if you notice on the back, there is a place to put your name, address, phone number. We especially want your email. We're trying hard to uh, be very diligent in getting the word out a little bit earlier each year. So uh, please fill that out and make sure that uh, Robin gets it or myself. Um, you can even just put it on the uh, back of the table in the area where we first walked in. Okay, so anyhow, uh, we are going to have breakfast first. We're going to last for about 30 minutes or so for good conversation around the table, some good fellowship, and then we'll get into our program. So at this time, I want to ask Pastor Tin Caspers to come forward. He is from Crosswinds Community Church. Pastor Tim, welcome. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. We're going to pray and uh, get started with the morning. Let's pray together. Our Lord, we are uh, grateful to be together here as the body of Christ, and we thank you for all of your good gifts that you give us, including uh, the fellowship that we have here today, food, clothing, housing. Lord, we're grateful uh, in this country that we have so many privileges and so many good things, and we know from your word that you are the author of those good gifts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for food today. And I pray for your presence. I ask for the Holy Spirit of God to be here in this place this morning. Uh, I pray that you'd well up within us and renew our minds and open our hearts to what you want to teach us today. And I pray that you'd give us a spirit of prayer, that we would lift up this community and this nation uh, in prayer that we know is powerful and uh, will move uh, your hands, Lord, and your will uh, in this nation and in this community. And so, uh, God, come in the fullness of who you are and uh, be here today. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, if I could get your attention now. I know you are all enjoying your meal. Many of you have completed your meal, so uh, glad of that. But if you are still eating, that's perfectly fine. Continue to do so. But uh, we want to honor those who uh, certainly have got time constraint, time commitments, and uh, we just want to keep the things flowing right along. This year's uh, theme comes out of uh, Daniel chapter 9 verse 19. So I would like to read it. And uh, the, the National Day of Prayer organization has uh, given the title, For Your Great Name's Sake. So let me read Daniel 9, 19, and then I'll introduce our presenter today. 
O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake, O my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. That's a great passage of scripture. I'd love to preach on that right now, but uh, I'm not going to be able to do so. So without any further ado, we've got uh, Pastor Nick Hart from the Stillwater Evangelical Free Church. He is going to come to share our message today. And Nick, as you will notice, uh, has kind of been hit a little bit with his right arm uh, in a sling. So his message will only be cut to half the time because he can only wave one arm at a, at a time. But uh, Nick is just a dear brother in Christ. Uh, several of his pastors get together on a monthly basis, and it's a joy praying with him. And uh, he's a good friend and colleague. And uh, Nick, thanks so much for saying yes, even though we twisted that arm to get you to come and do this. So, So I thought I would just start out by answering the two questions that, that are on your mind. One, you know, how do we choose which pastor is going to speak each week, uh, each year? And uh, it's actually that answer also to the second question about my arm, is that at our April prayer meeting when the pastors get together, we wrestle. And obviously I lost. And also, as great and wonderful as a pastor as John Neitzel is, he's a dirty, dirty fighter. <laughs> and you can take yes, you can take lessons from him. <laughs> uh, actually, I just so you know, I was I was hit by a vehicle while I was riding my bike about a month ago and healing up nice. But again, to show you just how. Uh, wonderful that the pastors are here, the ministry that we have together, is that after the other guys found out, they all came up and said, you know, if it would have been any worse, we would have done your funeral for a 10% discount. So that's just the shows the love that they have. But on a more serious note, I have an opportunity this morning just to briefly share with you a, a teaching from a parable of Jesus on prayer. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and start reading in Luke 18. If you have your scriptures with and you want to follow along, um, otherwise just uh, perk up your ears as we hear uh, a parable of a persistent widow. Starting in Luke 18:1, And he, he being Jesus, told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. She's going to stop there for a second before going on to the parable. But here Jesus gives us, right away at the beginning, he tells us what he is teaching through the parable. And he says it's that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So I ask you this morning, do you ever lose heart? Do you ever become discouraged and fed up? I wonder, in, in your job, in your home, in your relationships, do you ever lose heart? In a moment, we'll have representatives from our community come up and lead us in prayer. And I wonder what they would say causes them to lose heart. In the government, 
in the military, business, emergency, education? What causes them to be discouraged? But also us as pastors, us as parents, even students that are here. Just yesterday, I had an opportunity to have coffee with a college student, and she was at a point in her life where she didn't know what she was doing, where she was going, and she didn't exactly use the words, but she had lost heart. Do you ever lose heart? I bet you do. And that is why Jesus left us with this teaching, with this parable. This parable that he taught to his disciples to prepare them for a time in which he wouldn't be by their side anymore. And therefore, in essence, Jesus is speaking about the time that we are in right now. And he says to his followers, you must be in continual prayer so that you won't lose heart. You must pray regularly so you're not discouraged by what's happening around you. And then he follows it with this parable. In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not beat me down with her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to the elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give them justice speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, I think there's much that we can learn from this parable. But this morning, I would like to highlight just three things about prayer. First, let us pray with simplicity. Let us show simplicity in our prayers. Our example of prayer from this widow, the representative sort of of the lowest classes of society at that time. And, and her request stands out to us not because it's so perfectly articulate or poetic or filled with these theologically impressive words. It's not a mini-sermon or, or even making a case for why she deserves justice. No, it's an exceedingly simple cry. Give me justice. Give me justice. Friends, let us show simplicity in our prayers. I think this is an important thing for us to remember. Some people feel they... They, they don't know how to pray. And for those that feel that way, this is a wonderfully empowering verse, isn't it? We just speak to God what is on our heart. The simple give me justice. But to others, 
To others of us, this is a warning. Because our prayers have become mechanical. Too ornate, filled with gaudy words aimed to impress. Or maybe we say certain words in certain orders, almost like they're a formula or a magical spell. And if so, we too must learn from the simple cry of this widow. Give me justice. Let us pray with simplicity. Second, let us pray with persistence. Persistence. Not only are the followers of Jesus commanded to pray, but they're commanded to pray with persistence. And really, that's the main thrust of this whole parable. The lowly widow comes back time and time and time again. Give me justice. Give me justice. Give me justice. In fact, and I'm sure many of you who have heard this parable and heard it uh, preached before have heard this fact, but the Greek term that's translated in, in, in verse 5 that talks about the, the judge saying that, that he's been beaten down by her persistence, the literal Greek word there is to give someone a black eye. Now certainly we're not to assume that the widow came up and slugged the judge. Or that she, you know, ran her SUV into him when he was driving, riding his bike or something. We're supposed to understand that she emotionally beat down the judge with her persistence. And that from that, he finally relented. Not because he had some great change of heart, but simply because of her persistence. And so I ask, do you show persistence in your prayer? When you lose heart, is your knees the first place that you go? Do you pray regularly? And I get it. Persistent prayer is not easy. We're all busy, right? We like to do things. We, we like to, to cross things off the list. We like to get things accomplished. And in some ways, prayer seems, dare I say it, like a waste of our time. Now, we probably wouldn't say that, but sometimes our life shows that, doesn't it? But Jesus tells us that persistent prayer is the cure. Persistent prayer is the vaccine to a restless, discouraged heart. And finally, let us pray with faith in a righteous God. Let us pray with faith in a righteous God. Now, I remember years ago, I was teaching this passage to a group of teen boys. And as we were finishing up, I noticed sort of a confused look on one of the faces of one of the boys. And he kind of stopped as we were kind of putting our books back together and stuff. And he just said, you know, I understand the teaching and the importance of persistent prayer. But I don't understand how God is supposed to be like an unrighteous judge. Which really is a great question, right? The truth is, God is absolutely nothing like an unrighteous judge. 
That's the point of the story. The judge is described as the completely anti-God state of mind. Right? What does Jesus teach us about summing up the, the whole Old Testament? He says you can do it in two ways. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Right? How is this judge described? Complete opposite. He doesn't care about the Lord and he doesn't care about anyone but himself. The complete anti-God state of mind. And so the beauty of this parable is that God is nothing like the judge. He's making a simple argument of lesser to the greater. That if even this arrogant, despicable, ungodly man, if even he can be worn down by a widow's simple plea, then how much more will the righteous God, a loving father, a holy and just provider, how much more will he speedily answer the prayers of his beloved children? We must learn to pray with faith in a righteous God who will always answer those whom he loves. Now, some of you are thinking, aha, I have you here, Pastor, because I've done this. I've prayed persistently for things, day after day, and it never came. Well, here it's a good reminder for us to remember that God is not only righteous, not only powerful and just and able to answer prayers, but he is also good. He will not give us things that result in our spiritual harm. And honestly, right now in my life, I'm faced with this on a daily basis. Some of you know that my wife and I just had our our first child in August. So we are now parenting an eight-and-a-half-month-old that just in the last week has learned to crawl. Okay? And I, I, I didn't realize this at the time, but we just passed what might be the sweetest stage of parenting where you can take the child and put them in the middle of the room and put a few toys around and they just stay there, right? And, they, and he entertains himself and it was just great, like three weeks. That all changed last week <laughs> as he became mobile, right? And, and now... He's not interested in his toys. He's interested in the electrical outlets, right? And the cords, and specifically this little potbelly gas stove that we have in the corner. And just a couple days ago, I played this game with him all morning where nine different times I set him on the opposite side of the room, and persistently he just went, made a beeline right to the stove because he wanted to touch the fire, right? Persistence, persistence, time and time again. But obviously, I'm not going to let him stick his hand on the stove. I'm not going to let him do that. And honestly, guys, I'm not even that good of a father. (laughs) And I know that. How much more can we trust our good and righteous father to give us good gifts? Let us pray with faith in a righteous God. 
And so Jesus concludes the parable with a question. He says, when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? Specifically here, Jesus is asking, when I come back, will I find people who have lost heart? Who are discouraged and beaten down? Or will I find disciples who have given their life to me, who have repented and put their faith in me and show it with persistent prayer? I wonder what Jesus would see if he appeared in the room today. Friends, have you lost heart? Do things in this world make you feel discouraged? Then pray. Are things going well? Then pray. Let us be a praying people. Let us pray with simplicity. Let us pray with persistence. Let us pray with trust in a perfect, loving, and righteous Father. Let us not lose heart in the home, in the government, in education, in business, in emergency service. Let us not lose heart. Let's pray. And let's pray persistently. Amen? Amen. Well, then, it is happy to say that, number one, I'm done, and we get to do get to the important part of this day, which is our prayers. So, Thank you so much, uh, Nick. Appreciate those words very much. At this time, we do move into that time where we all do get in a true, true spirit of prayer. And uh, we're going to begin praying uh, for the area of our government. I see Kathy Lomer just about ready to come up forward here. And uh, Kathy's going to lead us uh, praying for the government. And when she is completed and we're done praying for that time, then I'm just going to ask then next Jason just come right up, follow her, and we'll just kind of go in that format. So Kathy, good morning to you. Glad to have you with us today. And uh, let God's Spirit lead you through us. God bless you. Good to see you. morning. It's great to see you all here this morning. Lots of friends. So I just want to thank you for being here today and thanks for asking me to join you this morning to lead us in prayer for our government and elected officials today, locally, statewide, and federally. We absolutely need and covet your prayers and we are very grateful for them. So please join me in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are so incredibly grateful to be able to gather today in your great name, together as your people who are called by your name to humble ourselves and to pray. Lord, we confess that we have not always followed your ways and we do not always seek your wisdom in governing, and we ask today for your forgiveness. Lord, I want to thank you today for the men and women who have stepped up to serve in government, a task that is often very thankless and very challenging. I thank you, Lord, for the sacrifices made and the willingness to put themselves into the spotlight and into the line of fire, but also to lead and make decisions that will give us law and order and a peaceful existence with one another. Father, I thank you for the mayors and city council members in the cities of this beautiful St. Croix Valley 
and I ask you for your blessing upon them as they serve. Lord, I also thank you for and ask you to bless the Washington County Board and their staff, and please give them your great wisdom for all the decisions that they will face. Lord, thank you for the opportunity you have given me to serve in state government as a representative for this beautiful district. I ask that you would fill Representative Detmer, Senator Housley, and myself with great wisdom and stamina as the session draws to a close and the hours get very long and the negotiations become challenging. Lord, we pray for Leader Gazelka in the Senate, Speaker Doubt in the House, and Governor Dayton, as well as their staff, and that you would help them work together with great unity and humbleness as they decide on final budget negotiations that put the real needs of Minnesotans first. Lord, we pray for our U.S. Senators, Senator Franken and Klobuchar, and Congressman Emmer and Congresswoman McCollum. Lord, will you draw each one to yourself? We ask that you would help them solve the crisis we now face in health care and insurance and give them wisdom from you and unity moving forward. Father, we pray for our President, Donald Trump. He is the President that you have placed in office for such a time as this. And Lord, we ask for protection for him and his family, for stamina, for great wisdom, and that you would place around him wise and godly people, ones that you have chosen to advise him as he serves as a leader of this great nation. It is an enormous task that he now faces as he leads this very divided nation in a world that is in turmoil. The task is too great for any man, but Lord, with your help, he can do all things. I thank you, Lord, for a president who prays, who acknowledges you and your son, Jesus Christ, often. I thank you for his love for our country and his willingness to sacrifice and to serve. Lord, we know that without our leaders having a firm foundation in you, we will continue to face many challenges. We need you, Lord. We thank you for your great mercy in allowing us to have a constitutional scholar in Justice Gorsuch, recently appointed, and we ask, Lord, that you would bless him as well as with, as well with your great wisdom. Lord, your word says that unless the Lord builds the house, the people labor in vain. It is the same for this nation. We ask for revival, Lord, and that the people of this nation would turn to you, that we would turn from our wicked ways, and that you would heal our land and draw our nation back to you. Thank you, Lord, for the promise that as two or more are gathered in your name, you hear us. You are here in our midst, and we pray with great hope in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Morning. God is good. All the time. Um, so I'm going to lead in prayer with uh, for our military, for our military, and um, yeah. So I just appreciate the opportunity to be able to closer. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, I just want to start by saying thank you for this opportunity to be able to come together as one and uh, 
just be able to worship you and not only just worship you, but lift up uh, these prayers to you today, Lord. And uh, we would lift up uh, the Army and the Marines and the Coast Guard and the Navy and uh, all members of the military that... Uh, this thing is really going to get me here. Um, we thank you for the, your their sacrifice, Lord, and uh, their time. Um, more importantly, Lord, we thank you for those uh, the soldiers and service members that uh, their families, Lord, that are often uh, not talked about, but they are the the real backbone of our military branches that our, our families is uh, what our uh, service members can really lean back on and that uh, when uh, our service is done to our country Lord that we would come back and our families are still there and um, that we would not forget the struggle there Lord um, and that there is a struggle and that we would uh, seek the kingdom of God first in all things and we know that you are good and that through you um, and through your son, we can do all things. I would ask that uh, the Holy Spirit would work through our service members, um, mainly the ones that do know you, Lord, that they would not be fearful or frightened or scared to be able to testify that they know you among other soldiers, that it would be embarrassing to them or that they would be looked down upon, but that they would feel strength and encouragement from your name, Lord, and uh, want to praise you and not be afraid. And that we would be able to instill that into the rest of our service members, um, not only that are serving now and today, but the ones that uh, um, are no longer serving, but are back here at home uh, with their families, and that we may all lead like Jesus. We thank you and we love you. Amen. Good morning. Are there other uh, business owners and business managers here in the room this morning? Somebody take their names down so they can be on the list of prepared next next year. So let's uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you that you are a good and loving Father. We are grateful that your plan for us is good, and that your desire for us is to succeed and prosper. Lord, we want to see the kingdom of God come and be present in our lives and in our businesses. So the fruitfulness of our work will be recognized as a blessing from you. Father, let us seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. For we know that when we, when we do, you promise we will find you. We ask for your rest and peace as we perform our day-to-day -day activities. Father, help us to pay attention to your wisdom and to listen to your words of insight. 
Lord, I lift the business owners and managers who are operating businesses in the St. Croix River Valley. I asked that you would give us strength and a tenacity to stay the course, to fulfill the purpose and calling you have assigned to each one of us. Father, give us a clear and complete understanding of what you want to do in our lives so we do not lose heart. Father, you know what our individual needs are. Let us see that you, God, are the provider of all good things. Father, if there is anything that would block, hinder, hide, or conceal the revelation of your love and truth for us, we exercise our authority over it now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, we choose by an act of our wills to forgive anyone who has caused us stress, grief, embarrassment, or financial loss. We forgive them and release them now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that you are a God of order and integrity. And as we seek you, you are faithful to lead and to guide us into all righteousness. We can be confident that our business dealings will be blessed and glorify you. We ask for a financial increase in our businesses so we are able to provide more job opportunities. Father, use each one of us to fund the work of the kingdom of God in our community. Lord, we pray for revival in the St. Croix River Valley, that we will see people, families, even whole cities come to know you and your gift of salvation. We thank you, Father, for every good work that is done to bring glory to the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that your will for our businesses and for this community is to reflect the love of God. And Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we glorify you. Amen. Good morning. I'm going to pray for emergency services. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for providing us with so many gifted and talented and skilled personnel that make up our emergency services and its first responders. I pray for wisdom for those receiving emergency calls from the public, and I pray for their patience and calmness when the caller is in a crisis. I pray for the police, sheriffs, fire and ambulance departments. Please keep them safe in duty and that they continue to provide an excellent service of care. Please give them the wisdom in deciding what levels of action is required in every situation. For the doctors and nurses, I pray that you pour out your loving compassion so it will overflow to their patients and family. Please remind them of the knowledge and expertise that they need every day to administer the high standard of care that they deserve. Please pour out your healing touch to them. And finally, Lord, please continue to provide amenities such as money, donations and volunteers to the disaster charities such as the Red Cross and the Salvation Army. And thank you for the service and the relief aid that they provide. In Jesus' name, amen.
Good morning. Let's pray for education. Heavenly Father, we pray to you this morning for the education that takes place in our community and our country. Your word tells us that it is the fear of you that is the beginning of wisdom. And I pray that every system of education would place you at the core of instruction, public schools, private schools, and home schools. But first, I pray that Christian parents everywhere would see our role in teaching our children your commands, that we would teach them diligently to our children, that we would talk of them when we sit in our houses, when we walk by the way, when we sit down, and when we rise. I pray, too, that believers everywhere would see our role in telling the next generation about the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who always keeps his promises, the God who is faithful and true, who is the redeemer and deliverer of his people. I pray that we believers would act as we see that the most important education in the world is to lead young people to the knowledge of the God who made them, who sacrificed himself for them, and calls on every person to repent of his sin and follow Christ. Father, I ask you to work in schools across this country to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. I pray for Christian teachers to be bold in speaking the word without fear, to other teachers, to administrators and staff, and to students. I pray that Christian staff at schools across our nation would feel the burden of praying for their students would see that the young people that come to them each day have a deeper need than learning algebra or how to play the trombone, that each student needs the gospel of Jesus Christ in order to be full and satisfied. Father, would you give courage, faithfulness, clarity, and wisdom to Christian educators and staff? I pray for the Christian students in schools. Would you grant these students a hunger to know you and the love patience and perseverance to walk in the Holy Spirit while at school? Would you help these believing students to do all things without grumbling or disputing, that they may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom they shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life? Lord, please help Christian students across this nation to speak truth, to refute the lies of the world and to not become puffed up with their own knowledge. Most of all, Father, I pray that your word would be the primary text of every education, that the gospel of Jesus Christ would be the favorite and best-known subject, and that lives would be saved through the spread of the gospel, and that you would be glorified in every lesson. Amen. Well, thank you all for uh, sharing in these prayers, and uh, we trust our Heavenly Father not only has heard them, but there's an answer behind each and every one. So let us continue to have eyes of faith to see and ears to hear for what God is going to do in the future. Before we conclude with our benediction by Pastor John Nietzsche, <coughs> excuse me, two announcements. One, just a reminder on this particular card, if you haven't filled it out, we would love to have your email. We hope that those who received them, that uh, you did get the reports that we were having this particular event again. And I uh, want to make sure we get the list uh, growing on that end. Also, too, tonight at Crosswinds, they are going to be hosting our National Day of Prayer uh, Community St. Croix Valley uh, Prayer Time. 
Yeah, that starts at 7 o'clock, so we certainly hope many of you can attend and certainly invite family and friends alike as well. Again, thank you everyone so much for coming out today. It's good to see you and good to pray with you and be in fellowship with you. Pastor John. Let's please stand together. I want to read Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 1, and then I'll pray. I therefore, as a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Father, this morning I pray that the name of Jesus be lifted up in every one of our hearts and in our lives and in our world around us. I thank you for this body of Christ joining together in a yearly fashion to glorify you, to call upon your name, and to bless you. Father, I thank you for each of these prayers today, and and as we join together in unity, we thank you, Father, that your will will be done in this St. Croix River Valley. Father, this morning we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise in every way. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen.